G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Connecting faith to life. Vision. Coming up today on The Story. When I was 19, I was a young man just enjoying life and I had a lump in my neck. I went and got it checked out um, and it came back as cancerous. So I had to undergo radiation treatment because they couldn't remove that cancer with a surgical knife. Otherwise, there was a risk of never being able to talk again. The Story. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Today, a remarkable turn of events in the life of musician Josh Morrison. He's still only a young adult, but he's already gone through so much. And we just heard, at one point, he was at risk of possibly losing his voice. But now he is singing and praising the Lord and so much more. We'll find out his amazing journey today on The Story. Josh is chatting with Shelley Scullin. I'm a registered nurse at... um St. Andrews Private Hospital in Ipswich. Wow, that must be uh, quite a challenging job. Yeah, it is, but I enjoy it. You know, I like being there for um, the sick and for those that have need a bit of uh, extra attention. Yeah, and uh, yeah. you've got an interesting story to tell about uh, the attention that you've needed uh, medical-wise uh, a few years ago as well. But let's go yeah. back to the beginning. You and your oh. guitar have a very yeah. long history together. When did you first start playing the guitar? Well, I was inspired by my dad. Um, he used to have the guitar on him all the time. He'd play um, at kids' club. Growing up, we'd go to church, and my dad would play guitar at like for youth events and kids' club. And um, in fact, my dad was like a, a worship leader for a small little church of about fifty people. So I'd just be my dad strumming the guitar at the front and singing. So I grew up with dad always playing the guitar, and, and he was influenced by musicians like Larry Norman. Randy Stonehill, Keith Green, Mark mm-hmm. Hurd. So that was the type of music I grew up listening to when I grew up. It's um, amazing how our parents can influence us like that. I <laughs> yeah. kind of have a similar story of my own parents um, performing on stage, you know, at churches and whatnot. And, yeah. and it just becomes the norm for you where you just go, oh, okay, so that's just what you do. You go and play yeah. music on stage. That's right. It was a healthy transition from uh, just going from, okay, I'll I actually played the trombone first um, when I was about 10, um, but uh, I always just wanted to get on a guitar and I could never play, but I think it was the age of 13, uh, I got my first guitar and I wrote my first song and it never stopped. <laughs> it became a passion. and. It it ended up carrying you through probably one of the most challenging times in your life. Uh, yeah. Can you share with us a little bit about your cancer journey? Sure. So... Um, as I went through uh, adolescence, I would use the guitar as a bit of a uh, point of therapy just to share with God what was on my heart, my emotions, my frustrations. It became a place of safety, um, and that was just in the comfort of my bedroom. Um, at, when I was 19, I was a carpenter, so I was just like a young man just enjoying life, and I had a lump in my neck. I went and got it checked out. Um, and it came back as cancerous. So two weeks later, I found myself um, being on operated with our thyroid cancer, and they removed, I think, about 31 nodes, with 18 of them being cancerous. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. Um, there was cancer on the sympathetic nervous system as well, which controls your breathing and on my vocal cords. So I had to undergo radiation treatment because they couldn't remove that cancer with a surgical knife. So uh, otherwise there was a risk of permanently uh, permanent disability as like never being able to talk again. Wow. But with that being said, after after the surgery, I was uh, I didn't talk the same, and my voice was very husky. It sounded like Gollum from Lord <laughs> of the Rings, like you know, a little bit. Um, like a husky cowboy riding from the west. So yeah, not really gonna... ideal for you if you you know looking into a career of singing <laughs> yeah. and playing music. Well, at that stage, I wasn't really looking into a career of singing and playing music. It was more just something I'd do for myself. And even but, then, that's a pretty big blow to the system. It, it, as you say, it's something that was very important to you for yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I guess the music side of things and then the practicalities of everyday talking to people, it also becomes yeah. pretty full on. Well, that's right. Like when I was when I was faced with the uh, real possibility of never talking again, um, I thought I had a lot of insecurities of singing in public and um, sharing the songs that I'd written. But I thought, you know, if I get my voice back, I'll sing to anybody that will listen, really. Mm. Um, so... That became basically my motto. So after I would just play the guitar and strengthen my voice through singing the songs that I'd written to God and would love to sit in my bedroom doing, and eventually with um, some speech therapy and some vocal training, uh, uh, my voice came back. Wow. And uh, has no permanent damage. Yeah. So I've just got some nice big scars around my neck and a good story. <laughs> <laughs> and really that scar is a permanent reminder to you of the grace of God you know you've seen God work in mm. your life in such a tangible powerful way yes the medical profession has totally done you know a wonderful thing as well but mm. ultimately mm. it is the power of God isn't it that is so true and um, if I may like name drop here um, my surgeon was a Christian his name is Dr. Neil Wetzik and I've got the utmost respect and um, I guess Christian love for the man, you know, he's dedicated his life to helping many people, including myself. Mm. And he is a uh, music lover as well. He loves the Paul Coleman trio. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, but you're so right, Shelley. Um, it is a permanent reminder around my neck. I wear it with humility that God's grace um, is powerful. Yeah. And it and- is a, a, a second chance on life, really. And you do have so much to look forward to in your life as well. We're going to hear soon about uh, how you're looking forward to becoming a father very shortly. Josh, you've just been telling us about your cancer treatment uh, back when you were 19. Obviously, Mm. a fully amazing experience for anyone to go through and uh, so many emotions all caught up with all of that. Your guitar is one of the things that got you through. Your, Your guitar and your Bible got you through that time. That's it. And it. it made you more determined to get out and about and uh, sharing your yeah. music with others. Tell us about that. Yeah, so um, as after that experience, I'd written a few songs and I wanted to get out and play them. So I went out to South Bank, I had a little spot, and I just started playing my guitar out on the uh, boardwalk of South Bank. And I ended up um, doing it pretty much every weekend for a while of uh, studying nursing at university. So I went from carpentry to nursing after that experience because I went back to carpentry, but 
didn't feel the, the same about it anymore after having that experience in the hospital and um, I wanted to give back mm. so, um, to the whole medical uh, side of things. So I left carpentry and, and got accepted into university. So during the, the time that I had, um, when I wasn't studying or working, I'd go out onto South Bank, play my guitar and sing songs to anybody that would listen really and I really... I would look back on those times as a gain the experience and the confidence of uh, performing in front of strangers and testing out new songs on uh, people that would just walk by. And I, and I found I seemed to really, uh, my music would really interest um, all people from all walks of life. Um, so then I knew the song was probably going to be a good one, so I'd keep it. <laughs> That's a pretty good test too because I don't yeah. think there's a harder audience than when you're busking. <laughs> They're not yeah. exactly captive, are they? Yeah, that's true. It's, if, if someone um, who's walking by stops to listen to at least 30 seconds of your song, that's a big compliment. <laughs> Is there any money in busking? Uh, there can be. I made enough money to pay for my parking and, and buy a meal and, and just have a good time. So um, I ended up, getting a little bit of a following so oh, <laughs> I'd go cool. out busking and I'd have at least four or five people that would sit down and and uh they'd say you coming out again this weekend Josh I'd be like yeah so <laughs> ended up having a bit of a street family a street busking family it was pretty fun and I guess that's then giving you confidence to go and do some uh recording as well yeah it gave me uh really a platform to I, I went from there to my next door neighbor at the time used to play drums and he was a very good drummer, actually uh, jazz influenced and would go out to the valley and just had a real jam family out in the valley where they'd play a lot of uh, jazz covers and things and I always held him in high regard musically. He wasn't a Christian man, but just high regard musically and we just ended up developing a great friendship. Um, he lived next door, so it was very easy to go and rehearse. And uh, he introduced me to a whole family of musicians that helped me produce my uh, EP. And that must have been an exciting achievement for you um, <laughs> yeah. to get that out and in your hot little hands. Yeah, actually, um, to produce that EP was uh, a dream come true, really. I got a, uh, a bass player from the conservatorium by the name of Matty Cook, just amazing, talented bass player in combination with my um, drummer at the time, Way Blue Dawn. Um, it was just a real good rhythm section, but it didn't stop there. I uh, went to City Point a few times, and uh, they have some church parties after there, and I met a girl by the name of Michelle Smith, uh, who was a great singer, and she added some vocals onto the EP. Mm-hmm. And then uh, just kept building, really, the momentum just kept building to a almost had about a seven-piece band. Wow. And I, I bought a little uh, Ford Transit with 12 seats, and we'd go to our gigs in the van. So that was um, in my single days, back when I was a single man. I hadn't met my wife at the time, and I was just living for music, really, and for God. So I was using music as a way to uh, reach out and to share the message that salvation comes from God. Mm. And I was playing in places that wouldn't necessarily be open to that. So I'd go to uh, the valley and through the West End and, and into South Bank. 
um, probably felt a lot more confident doing that at this stage because of the way things had all worked out. Not everybody in my band was a Christian, but they were united by the passion for music, but they understood why I would do what I'd do. And I think there's a real outreach opportunity right there in amongst your band members for you mm. to be that salt and light uh, for them and for them to hear the lyrics of your songs and become familiar with them. I think that's a real mission opportunity within <laughs> your own band. I would agree with you. It's not an easy one. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, in doing that, that's why I've, I never felt comfortable playing at Easter Fest or at other youth groups or things. And the reason why is I know that some members in my band weren't wouldn't be role models, Christian role mm. models, but in saying that, I was comfortable and confident in going out and being a uh, a light in a dark world, I guess. That's awesome. Yeah. You really have an amazing passion for God, and you're keen to share that through your music. And you've been yeah. playing with others, uh, not just in your, your more professional days, but uh, yeah. right since you were tiny little, you uh, had a little band with your twin brother. That's correct. So it all started off with a little band with my twin brother, and we called ourselves KT7. Uh, <laughs> seven was the, it stood for Kids Pleasing God. And we, uh, we were influenced by, uh, at the time, my favorite band, which was Reliant K. Yeah. Uh, which is like a pop punk genre of music. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my brother used to play the drums. And I would practice my guitar riffs and my songwriting and my singing as yeah as early as the age of about 13 to about 16, I think I was in that band. You're listening to The Story and our guest today is Josh Morrison, a musician with quite a story to tell and the adventure of his life is really just beginning. We'll find out more when we return. The Story... If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax. This is The Story. We're continuing with Shelley Scowen's conversation with musician Josh Morrison. He's already gone through so much in his life, but as we'll hear, he's only just getting started. Josh, we just touched on before uh, some of your music practice in your earlier years. You loved playing mm. a bit of guitar and drums with your twin brother. What's Correct. it like being a twin? Did you have? Uh, you're a bit of a mischievous kind of bloke. Did you have a bit of fun with the whole "I'm an identical <laughs> yeah. twin" thing growing yeah, up? Yeah, I always like feel like being a twin was the best gift God gave me. Yeah, I was born with my best friend. Yeah, um, born with basically um, a partner to do life with growing up. So you know, if there, there was, a, we were always the majority. So it was always good. Um, <laughs> If uh, we were playing sport, we always had a team. Oh, that's so, helpful. You've always <laughs> yeah. got each other's back. So um, our favorite sport when we were growing up was soccer. So my brother, he became a, an excellent goalkeeper, and I would be the striker. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just as I said before, we'd, when we were doing band stuff, I'd be the, the guitarist, he'd be the drummer. <laughs> so we'd, we'd always have just that, yeah, with that team and um, probably uh, some of the my greatest memories is just where Adam's always been there, you know, just someone who knows, who knows me well. 
So that's his name, Adam. Yeah, well, you say and, he's uh, always been there, but there were a few years where he wasn't there. He moved yeah. to Japan for four years. What yeah, was, was that hard. like for you? Yeah, that was that was really hard. Um, Adam went to university, studied chemistry, and found he had a passion for Japan and got accepted into a college in Japan and went over there for four years. I went to visit him a few times, and he was in his element. He loved it. But during those four years, I really missed him. And I guess to uh, to fill that space where Adam had gone, I, I developed some good friendship with some other Christian brothers, but it just wasn't the same. Obviously, uh, your twin brother you have a, a special bond with and, mm. and love and care for. But, yeah, I, I think the sad thing is, um, you, you know, you can grow apart if you don't spend time, you know, working. Even even when you are twins, you can grow apart if you don't spend time working on that, you know, just yeah. friendship. Even with technology, I must admit I was very slack in, <laughs> in keeping in touch with my brother. You love your brother, but you can't be bothered talking to him. <laughs> yeah, <Right>. sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's a sad think, reality. Is, oh, um, I think we're all think like that. Can be very slack with skyping and. I think most of us that. are like that, though, when it comes to friendships in general, let alone family. Yeah. Where you know we love them dearly, but we just mm. are slack and we don't, you know, correspond with people as much as we'd like to. Yeah. But probably the one of my greatest recent memories of Adam was at um, my wedding. He was uh, my best man, but he was also the MC. And I just got to see his sense of humor once again. Um, and it's quite funny, but he come up with this picture of how me and Adam, have, have, even though we're twins, we're still very different. Adam would always be the one that would be very studious and study late at night. He'd get his palm cards out and he'd write all the physics and chemistry formulas and biology. And I'd just be uh, sitting on my bed playing the guitar and we'd be in the same classes doing the same subjects and Adam would be like brother have you studied have you studied and I'd be like no man it's all good if I don't know it now I'm not going to know it tomorrow it's all good but he'd be like here just just learn this and he'd give me his uh, study palm cards and uh, thanks to Adam I passed I passed the exams he nice. uh, had a good teaching technique and he's gone on to be a great teacher now actually those uh, brothers are handy for some things in life, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, of course, yeah. your own family is about to expand pretty soon with the imminent birth of your first child. That's exciting. Yeah, I married the love of my life in 2013 on the 31st of August. Yeah, we're going to have our first little baby in five weeks' time. Wow, how exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I became a mum a few years ago too, which is, um, it's amazing actually how becoming yeah. a parent really changes you. What are mm. you looking forward to about fatherhood? Uh, I'm looking forward to um, sharing everything that I've learned so far in the last 29 years of my life um, and just having that child to pass on my passions and my love and to experience life with. I guess... Um, the child obviously comes with its own uh, gifts and talents and personality. Uh, I'm looking forward to learning more about the child. And I suspect by uh, getting to know your child, you'll also be getting to learn a whole new side of yourself as well and mm. learning a whole lot as well. Well, 
Well, it's changed me already before um, the baby's even come out. I'm um, just finding that as important as music is to me, it's not really my priority anymore. Mm. Um, my family is, and I've put my wife and my child way, way, way before that. God first, and then, yeah, music's been a bit on the back burner recently with um, just marriage and preparing for a family and all the responsibilities that goes with uh, a mortgage and and a full-time job. But I still have uh, been keeping creative with some, been writing some children's books. Oh, wow. Yeah. Goodness, is there anything you don't do? <laughs> a- you're a nurse, you're a carpenter, you're a guitar player and you write children's books. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So hopefully this year my, my uh, first children's book comes out. The Hodgepodge Hogs of Hogsville. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a book I wrote about change. So it's a book on change. Wow. Sounds you fascinating. Hear, you want to hear a little bit? Yeah, read us a little bit. All right, okay. I've memorized. So it goes like this. It goes, the hodgepodge hogs of Hogsville live leisurely in large logs and slop. They ruffled and rummaged ruthlessly until Snortoink said, this must come to a stop. Our environment has become a pigsty, you see, we live in a dirty way. I propose we clean this slop and debris and we make a change today. Oh, you've got me hooked. (laughs) You've got me hooked. I want to read this to my kids, although I'm slightly (laughs) dreading it because of the tongue twisters in there. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's a little bit like that. Oh, I think that um, makes it fun to read. My wife is illustrating the pictures, so we're doing the, um, the husband and wife team. I thought... Because I can get so into my um, my gifts and talents, you know, I, I thought I don't want it just to be a me thing. I want it to be an us thing. So mm. if we play together, we'll stay together, you know. Yeah, so that's awesome. So my wife is a big um, part of the whole music and uh, and books. Uh, the book thing now, she illustrates the books, and in fact, she's quite a gifted musician herself. So um, all the female vocals in the songs and on the future albums she'll be singing and she plays the drums and the piano. Wow. She's a gifted uh, gifted woman. Well, Josh, I feel like your story is just beginning. You've had quite an amazing you know, life up to this point where um, being a twin and, and the exciting things of all of that, you have yeah. been through cancer and out the other side. Uh, yeah. with your voice intact and it's uh, just been amazing you've met your wife you're yeah. about to have your first <laughs> child you're about to release uh, these children's books your music is just taking off I feel like your story is really just beginning it's been great thank talking you. to you today Josh thank you Shelley and um, you know what that's the name of my album it's called The Adventure Has Only Started and yeah like you said I believe The Adventure Has Only Started you know the the greatest adventure is um, knowing God and being made right with God through Jesus Christ. And then from there, he's just really given my life uh, so much uh, blessing and so much to be grateful and thankful for, despite, you know, tragedy at times or adversity. You know, I have so much to be grateful for. Mm. And um, I believe, yeah, that is the greatest adventure, knowing God. But there's, there's a lot of, uh, like you said, the... The adventure has only started in regards to fatherhood and and the music scene. Hopefully, God willing, that picks up. Mate. You never know. Oh. You never know. And, <laughs> the, sure and the book will. writing as well.
It's a full and exciting life. It is a full and exciting life. I think we can all say it's a full and exciting life being a Christian and living our lives <laughs> for God and following His ways. Josh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. We're going to listen to one of your songs now. Uh, all the best for the future. Thank you, Shelley. What do we have here? I turn my head to see. Doctor, tell me, tell me what we'll get. Rid of this disease See, I know, I know, I know, I know Isolation is not the key That's the music of Josh Morrison from Ipswich and he certainly has a lot going on making music, being a nurse, becoming a husband and father and now even writing children's books. An exciting life of faith. Well, thanks for joining us. I'm Jimmy Colfax encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. One day my life completely changed. I raced home and my mother was Oh, she was dead on the floor. She'd been electrocuted by a little Hoover washing machine. And from that moment on, you know, I was brokenhearted. And so I just bottled it up. Ian Watson is the founder of a nationwide men's ministry. But when he was growing up, events in his life caused him to put rocks around his heart. He'll share how God's love eventually broke through next time. The story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.